0: you know something there's there's something about this song it's been really heavy on my heart just today we're saying spirit break out break our walls down spirit break out heaven come down sometimes you have something in your life that that's there and it might be a foundation of who you think that you are right something that you think holds some kind of significance in the in the person that you are And God is saying that He wants you to clear that. He wants you to have a new mind of who you are. And whenever you ask heaven to come down, it's not landing on a foundation that you have set. But it's landing on a foundation that has already been established long before you were ever conceived, long before you were ever thought of, anything like that. And that there's every piece of heaven, whenever you're asking for the kingdom to come down, it's a whole thing. It's not pieces that fit into your puzzle of life. It's an entire thing. It's, a, it's it's everything. So I want you to think about that. And I want you to pray and ask God, God, what is the junk? What is the, the stuff that's in my life that I think is important that makes me who I am? And I want you to tell me who you say that I am. I want you to tell me what I need to do to be more like you, to be the person that you have called me to be, the person that you have designed me to be. Okay? Spirit break up
1: Rain heavy in this place tonight, oh God. God, we call forth your glory to rain in this place tonight, oh God. We've come to meet with you in this place tonight, oh God. We didn't come for any other reason but to meet with you, Lord. Show us your glory tonight, oh God. We've come to meet with you and have us show us your glory, oh God. Rain down upon us, oh God. Rain down upon us individually. Rain down on glad tidings tonight, oh God rain down on Omaha tonight, oh God. God, we ask for your fire to burn, oh God, in this city, oh God. God, we pray that we'd be like this never before, oh God. Let it rain. Let your glory rain, Lord. Let your glory rain, Lord. tonight move close to the fire because it's hot in this place tonight move close to the fire because it's hot and it'll keep you warm tonight receive some of the glow from the fire tonight i'm moving in lord i'm moving in real close lord i want to be hot with the fire tonight oh god I want to be hot with your fire and your glory tonight, oh God. You're wonderful, Lord. It's wonderful to worship you. Incense arising. Incense is rising thick from this place tonight. There's a holy smoke rising to the heavens tonight. I feel the pleasure of the Lord smiling tonight. He's loving the worship. He's loving the full attention. a wonderful lord thank you jesus thank you jesus fill this place fill this place permeate the atmosphere permeate the atmosphere above this place open the temperature's rising. The temperature's rising and it's getting hotter and hotter. This is just the beginning of the year. And God is already, he's already, he's already doing a miraculous, wonderful, incredible things. And we look forward to more, Lord. We look forward to so much more, Lord. God, I thank you. I thank you for what you're going to do in this place tonight and tomorrow and Sunday. And the next 51 weeks of this year, oh God. God, I thank you, Lord. God, I thank you, Father. I thank you that the latter days will be greater than even the former days, oh God. God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that, behold, you're doing a a new thing in this place tonight. Oh, we see it, Lord. We see it. We see what you're doing, Lord. God, I thank you. Thank you, Lord. right now would you just take a just take 10 seconds and let him just just soak you just hold out your hands and just let him soak you he wants to soak you with his love he wants to soak you with revelation of him tonight he wants you to leave here with new revelation of him Depth of his love for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 You're good, Lord. Give him a hand. You're good, Lord. You're wonderful, Jesus. You're good. You're wonderful. We bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's been great anticipation coming up to this day, this this weekend of what God wants to do. I feel like the Lord just He said the bowl, those bowls of prayers that you've been praying for the last five and a half years are being poured out. It's time for them to be poured out. There's some of us that have labored day in, day in and day out in the prayer room. And I know you guys have at home too, just waiting for breakthrough. And we believe this is one of those Bell Perizim moments, the Lord of the breakthrough, the breakthrough of the mighty rushing waters that David talked about. Thank you for being here tonight. Um, Corey Russell is our speaker tonight. I'll introduce him in just a minute, but uh, he has a product table with wonderful books on it in the foyer and. They were so wonderful, half of them are gone already. So um, we will provide you with, a, with his website so you can order any of his resources online. So, um, just a reminder, tomorrow night, same place, 6.30 p.m. Come, you know what, don't just get a little, get a lot. Tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m., Sunday morning, 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m. and 11.15 a.m. I plan on being at all three, but that's not a good idea for everyone because there wouldn't be enough room. Um, for those of you that are not from Glad Tidings, the women's restroom is right, out t- right outside the doors here, and the men's is down to the left, and take a left when you get through the double doors, if anyone needs that tonight. And uh, lastly, we're going to take an offering tonight, just to cover the conference tonight. So if our ushers would please come. Everybody enjoying the worship so far? It was good, huh? It's good. Father, I thank you, Father, for this night. I thank you f- that you are a good, good Father. Father, I thank you that you bless us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God, we just pray, as we offered you worship, we bring you other offering tonight as well. We want to do our priestly duties and just bring offering to you tonight. Lord, I speak blessing over the offering in each person that gives tonight. And those who can't give, I speak blessing over you, too, in Jesus' name. Amen want to introduce our speaker to you tonight. His name is Corey Russell and he has his family with him tonight, his wife and his two daughters. And I believe he has another daughter not with us tonight, but we're, we're so glad to have them here. He comes from IHOP in Kansas city. Yeah. And, uh, I think it was 2013. I went to a prophetic conference there and he was one of the speakers that opened up the service and opened up the whole conference. And I thought, wow, this guy has revelation from the Lord. I said, I I, I really, there's something different here. And uh, then Naomi so graciously loaded the YouTube app on my phone so I could search Corey Russell all the time and keep listening and listening and listening. And I just, I kept really enjoying his messages. And so we thought when we decided we wanted to have a prayer conference, you were our first choice. We said, Lord, who would you have us to come? And so Corey, would you come? We're so blessed to have you tonight. You and your family, we thank you so much for being here.
2: Oh, what an honor. What an honor to be with you guys. Yeah, I got my beautiful wife, Dana. And, uh, go ahead and wave, Dana. <laughs> and my middle daughter, Maya. Go ahead and wave, Maya. Then we have, uh, then we have Hadassah in the back. She's uh, got here. She goes, Where, where's your child care? She wants to go back there and fellowship with all the kids. So she's six, and then we have uh, Trinity, our 17-year-old, is in St. Louis at a, another conference with some friends. So uh, anyway, so we're just kind of scattered everywhere tonight, but uh, it's such an honor to be with you. Was anybody at our One Thing conference last week? I can't find you. Oh, there you are. There you are. Well, you know what it was like, man. We're still recovering, just, still, just coming in from this. One Thing conference hosting 20,000. You know, people, and it was absolutely phenomenal what God did in those four days. And I'm just blown away. And we had uh, Todd White and Bill Johnson with us and just some special, special times together. And I'm just so buzzed coming into 2017, what God has in store. I'm so excited. And I just love getting around hungry people that want to start their year off and say, Jesus first, Jesus first, and we're going to put you Ahead of everything, Jesus, in our lives and set fire to our hearts. And um, it's such an honor to be with you guys tonight. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. I I do, I didn't know, so I just brought out, I've written about four books. I've written books on the knowledge of God, on on who God is. I've written books on uh, Holy Spirit, on prayer, on meditation in the Word. As well as I've done prayer and preaching CDs, prayer CDs that will light a fire in your prayer life. And uh, I didn't bring any of those. The last one is called Ask of Me. And uh, uh, you can get all that on iTunes as well as through our, uh, our bookstore on my website. My wife's a uh, phenomenal worship leader. She has CDs and, and just it will be a blessing to you and light a fire in you. Let's just come before the Lord right now. Father, we just bless your name. We just thank you, Lord, that you crown the new year with your loving kindness. You crown the new year with your loving kindness. And we, Father, we just ask you for your loving kindness to come over us here at Glad Tidings. We ask you to shower Omaha and this region with your glory. God, we thank you that you're building your house of prayer, the whole house of prayer uh, uh, of the church of Omaha, Council Bluffs, this whole region, God. Father, we ask you just to breathe upon the church of Omaha and build your house of prayer. Awaken intercessors all over this region, God. Awaken your people all over this region. Awaken those who are slumbering, those who have run from you, those who are in compromise, those who are bound in religion. God, we ask you to strengthen the house of prayer in Omaha. Father, we ask you to fill and release the spirit of prayer upon this region. We ask you to Throw the logs of this three-day event on the house of prayer of this region, God. And that you would fuel prayer. That you would fuel revival. That you would fuel intimacy. That you would fuel restoration and fresh faith and hope for the breakthrough of God. Father, we just invite your presence. We ask you to show your glory. Shine light upon our minds. Shine light upon our hearts. Shine light upon our marriages and our families. Oh, Father, we ask you to release a fire... We ask you to kindle a fire this weekend. We ask you to send the Holy Spirit. We want more than forms and more than nice language. We want the fire of the Holy Spirit. We ask you to bend us, God, that you would release a spirit of prayer upon us, that tears would be restored to our eyes, that groans would be restored to our spirit, that deep longings would be restored to our hearts, God. We ask you to bend us, O God, and that you would release a spirit of prayer upon us, And that we would see mighty breakthrough in this year, God. Send revival to Omaha. Send revival to Omaha and let it begin with us. Send revival to Omaha and let it begin with us, God. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good. Well, we could jump right into a prayer meeting. This is what I do. Hallelujah. We're going to pray. I love it. So we will have times of that where we pray for you. Just a little bit about me. A lot of you probably don't even know who I am. I'm, I'm Corey Russell from the House of Prayer. We've been there 16 years. We're natives of Northwest Arkansas. If you hear that accent, that's where it comes from. I can't get rid of it. It'll stay with me forever. I love it. I love Northwest Arkansas. And, uh, you know, spent the first 20 years of my, of my life there. And uh, and uh had a radical salvation in 1997, February 18th, 1997. And uh, uh, I grew up in church, grew up around the things of of, of God, going to church on Sunday. But I never connected the dots that Jesus was a real person to have a relationship with. And so you go to church on Sunday like you go to basketball practice on Tuesday. It's just what you do. And uh, I I was a good kid. I had good morals. But yet I didn't know Jesus. I went into your normal athletics and, and jock in high school and having the normal party life throughout high school. After high school, I end up going off to college near Little Rock, Arkansas, and with athletics out of the way, I began to give myself to more and more partying and giving myself to that whole world. At the end of my first year of college, I come home and I got my first DWI, and so I couldn't afford to go back to the college that I was at, so I had to go to the community college there in my hometown area, and by this time, I end up hooking up with my good friend. He grew up, his mom was a praying woman, my mom was a praying mom, and... But we ended up getting deeper into drugs and found ourselves jumping into meth and really getting getting on that train of what is bringing so much devastation to these midwestern states, and really went down that path for a, a season and uh and and, and and for a season in November of ninety six my friend he went through a season to where he literally we thought we were going to lose him that he was going to lose his mind, he went out there too far in drugs and And for several months, he would just be there, but he wouldn't talk anymore. He would just look at everybody, and he wouldn't talk. And we felt sorry for him, but we still took him everywhere we went and kept doing everything we did. Well, it culminated on February 1st, 1997. I showed up at his house another day to hang out, and I I pull up into his driveway, going to see him, and take him where we went. And he comes storming out the front door, and he's running at me full speed. And he starts saying, Corey, it's heaven or hell. Corey, it's heaven or hell. You need to give your life to Jesus right now. I haven't had a real conversation with him in four months. And he's going to come storming out the front door, screaming, it's heaven or hell. You need to make a decision right now. I'm backing up saying, what's wrong? What's wrong? He goes, make a decision, make a decision, make a decision. I go, no, I'm not making a decision. You know, getting saved and following Jesus is what you do at 30 when you're ready to settle down and have a family. You don't do that at 20. And so I end up leaving, and it was known. I mean, his mom's one of those Pentecostal praying women. The kind of women, you know, we anoint everybody with oil, praying in the Holy Spirit all the time. I remember coming into his house certain nights, just high as a kite looking for a bed, and she's waiting at the door, going, none of those demons are coming in this house. You can leave that at the door. You can come in, but your friend's got to stay at the door. So I look back at my demon friends. I said, I'll see y'all later. <laughs> I'll i see you in the morning. I mean, I remember staying at his house another night, put my head on the pillow and I go, what in the world? She had put anointing oil all over the pillow, anointed our ears. She came in through the side door going Hurra, two fingers, more powerful. That's the kind of house he grew up in. They usually have six kids. I think that's how many brothers and sisters he had. And she never sleeps, you know, always up, always got some kind of little music and candles in the background praying. She's a, I like to say a, a devil come out or I'm coming in after you kind of woman. We got any moms like that around here? Praise God for praying women like that. That's why I'm here. And so that's the house. So when you grow up in these kind of houses, it's just T minus 10, nine, eight until you follow Jesus. And so, um. And so he gets uh, he, he, she leads him to Jesus. She literally was at a T.D. Jakes conference in New Orleans the weekend before. And he says, come up here and get your children. And she got a breakthrough the week before and then saw it manifest a week later. And so he gets saved and I get angry. I felt betrayed. I put up with his weirdness for four months and he gets saved and I lose a friend out of this. So two weeks later, he shows up at college And uh, I'm still in college. I'm studying to be a teacher. And he takes me to lunch and he begins to share with me that for four months, the spirit realm was opened up to him. He was seeing angels and demons. He was freaked out. He didn't know what was happening. And it culminated on the very last night where we had been shut up in a little house and the voice of the Lord broke in the middle of the party. And the Lord says, Satan's raising up an army, but I'm raising up an army too. And I'm calling you out tonight. And I want you to go call your friends out. And so he's telling me this. Now, by this time, I had two DWIs. My license was gone. I was strung out. I didn't want any of this. And he looked me in the face and said, Corey, you need to give your life to Jesus or you're going to die and go to hell. I want to make it clear to you. And I looked him right in the face. I said, dude, just shut up and take me back to school. I'm done with you. He says, fine. He takes me back to school, pulls into the parking lot. Right before I get out of the van in the parking lot, someone came in the van. I now know his name is Holy Spirit. I didn't know who or what it was, but I began to feel a presence move from the right of my body to my left. And before I know it, I'm shaking violently like I'm having a seizure. And I begin to see a tug of war battle between light and darkness over my soul. My friend pulled in the back of the parking lot, and I guess his mom taught him one prayer because he went for it. He goes, in the name of Jesus, I bind the Antichrist spirit. (laughs) I guess that's prayer 101, (laughs) you know. You go after this one. And so he binds the spirit. And I literally uh, began to choke, and I can't breathe. And at that moment, I knew I had to get out the name Jesus. And so I go to say the name Jesus, and all I can get out is G's, G's, G's. And it kept kept getting tighter and tighter. He's in my ear screaming, say it, say it, say it. And I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. (laughs) Finally, I remember taking a deep breath, and with all the power inside of me, I just screamed, Jesus, just like that. And right when I screamed Jesus, the hold broke right off of me. And it was like God came and breathed into my mouth at that moment. He jumps out of the van dancing, giving glory to God. And after a couple of minutes, I heard a voice as clear as day coming to my mind. And the voice says, now get out of the van. Get on the pavement and give me your life, your mind. Just like that. And so I jump out of the van into the pavement. It's February 1897, a college parking lot, kids running everywhere. And I start screaming at the top of my lungs, Jesus Christ, I give you my life. I'm yours. Jesus Christ, I give you my life. I'm yours. At that moment, I experienced the greatest miracle ever. It's the miracle of the new birth. I pass from death to life. In that moment, I was instantaneously delivered of all addiction, all sexual addiction, drug addiction, alcohol addiction. Thank you, Jesus. I believe in the power of Jesus. I experienced a mighty baptism in the Holy Spirit and within what began to happen is that within a month I had a drug ring of friends that had encounters like that or bigger in their explosions. I end up leading my little brother to the Lord who goes crazy in the high school and over the next six months we begin to see a, a church something like this begin to host five meetings a week till three in the morning. My brother ended up going crazy in the high school half the high school came to Jesus. We saw a move of the Holy Spirit and I got addicted to the presence of God. I spent those first six months and I connected the dots that what we were experiencing in that that move of God was the result of the years and decades of faithful intercession. It was those praying women that held the ropes and I knew that I was reaping the fruit of their labor. And so I began to connect as a 20-year-old freak right out of the world. I began to connect with those older women. And for the first two years of my salvation, I had three best friends, two 50 year olds and one 80 year old woman. And these girls taught me how to pray. They taught me about early morning prayer, about late night prayer, about you don't need your favorite CD or song on to pray. You stir your own self up in the Holy Spirit and you lay hold of God. And I'm grateful for what I learned in that early season. And, and God so wrecked me over the call to prayer. And I just want to ask right now, here at the beginning of this year, is there anybody right now that has a prodigal son or daughter, whether it be a, a drug addiction, sexual addiction, they're, they're run from God and you need a breakthrough in 2017? Raise your hand if that's you. Come on. I want you to stand right now. We're going to pray. We're going to take 20 seconds and we're going to ask God right now. See, our families are under, under assault of the enemy. Our families are being devastated by drug addiction, sexual addiction, by the spirit of this age. And I believe in the power of answer prayer. I stand before you 20 years later as the power to answer prayer. We're going to start this year off and we're going to believe God. I don't care how many times you've prayed it. Today is the day of salvation. I don't care how many times you've spoken it. I don't care how many war rooms you've gone after. Today is the day of salvation. So let's just lift them up right now in the name of Jesus. If they're next to you, put your hand on them. We're going to pray. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I lift up every person, every son, every daughter represented by every mother. (sighs) Father, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you to deliver our sons and our daughters. We ask you to break the power of Satan. We ask you to break the power of addiction in Jesus name. Father, hear our cries and we ask You for salvation to touch our homes. We ask You for restoration for our sons and our daughters. We ask You for salvation, deliverance, healing. We ask You for the spirit of conviction. We ask You for the spirit of truth. We ask You for the spirit of revelation. We ask You for dreams, for encounters, for laborers, God. We ask You to break through delusion, break through fog, break through darkness, God. We prophesy light. We declare light and breakthrough in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We declare breakthrough in 2017. Today, God, is the day of salvation. Release breakthrough right now, God. Release breakthrough right now, God. Now lift up their names right now to God. Lift up their names to God right now. Say, in the name of Jesus, release salvation too. Release it right now. Release salvation too. Release deliverance to. Release breakthrough two. Put their name in there. Come on, 20 more seconds. Right now, God, we pray. You say, if any two touching on earth, it will be done. We speak into the heart of the living God. You are the living God. Deliverance in the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Salvation in the name of Jesus. You are the God who hears and answers prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you Lord. Now look up at him right now. Jesus says, when you pray, believe that you've received what you ask. Let's thank him right now for hearing our prayers. Hallelujah. Thank you that you hear and you answer our prayers, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, I believe in it. We believe, God. I believe that you hear and you answer my prayer. He who made the ears, does he not hear? He who made the eyes, does he not see? He's the living God. He's not an idol. He's not some idol of stone. He's the living God. He's the living Father. Hallelujah. I've been reading John 6, 57. Jesus says, as the living Father sent me, and I live because of him. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. And I just keep getting lost on the living Father. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Good. So, hallelujah. So February 18th is going to be 20 years for me. Where God broke in in a college parking lot. I was strung out, guys. I was on the, the drug train that kids don't come back from. I was a lost cause. I was losing my soul daily and God intervened. Isaiah 64 says, no one has seen any God like you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. He's the God who works for those who wait for him. Lord's told me that one day. He says, Corey, I want you to put me to work. I want to put God. I mean, that's such a awkward statement. It's like, no, God, I don't. It's weird. He goes, no, put me to work. Wait on me. Ask me to do what only I can do. See, some of y'all, those sons and daughters have cut off all communication ties with you. They don't even want to hear you anymore. But you know what? There's someone that can break through All blockages. There's someone that can break through all hindrances, every barricade they build around themselves. He is the omnipresent God. Psalm 139 says, if I make my bed in hell, you are there. (laughs) I love that. Which means there is no place. Maybe they can shut you off and block you off social media and block your phone number they can't block god's they can't block god's anyway so take faith in that jesus well i want to look tonight we were singing about it i'm just we're singing about the glory of god and i'm just so grateful Thank you, Lord. I want to look at a a prayer. What I believe is one of the most important prayers that we need to know and be praying in this hour. When we talk about a prayer conference, or we're talking about we want to grow in prayer, prayer, the first thing you need to understand about prayer is it doesn't begin with your shopping list of things you need God to fix in your life. We may talk about this sometime in this weekend, but It blows me away that the disciples spent three years with the Son of God. And they didn't come out of it saying, teach us to preach. They didn't come out of it saying, teach us to deliver or teach us to prophesy or teach us to do miracles. They watched the Son of God's prayer life. That's what God in the flesh produced in those who watched Him the most. We want your prayer life. They go, teach us to pray. And we've all known the Lord's Prayer since we've been in our mother's womb, many of us. We've been saying it at football games, and I believe it contains the greatest insight into cultivating a life of prayer. The very first line, it's like Jesus tells us, okay, write down all your shopping list of things you need me to fix. Heal this, deliver this, save this, do all these things, write it down. Now give it to me. He goes, good, you got it? It's like, he goes, here, Jesus, here's my letter. He goes, good, you got it? He goes, we're not going to begin with you informing me of things and putting me on trial for things that if I don't break in on your timetable, you're going to live angry, offended and distant from me. He says, when you pray, say. Our father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Now, we all know that you've known that forever, but that is profound because it says more important than what you're asking is to whom you're asking and where he lives. Are you with me tonight? He doesn't begin with request. He begins with you need a breakthrough into who you're talking to. You need a breakthrough because whatever you view, whatever you think of, of who you're talking to, when you close your eyes will be the foundation to intimacy and power or it will be a a, it will be the foundation of 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 believing nothing. You will only believe what you see. And I'm here to tell you, you're not talking to a middle class working dad with seven billion children. And that's what most of us view when we, say, when we say our prayers at night. We picture we're one more mouth in the bread line that needs something from God. And I'm here to tell you it's time for religious ceilings to get broken through. It's time for religious ceilings to get broken through. It's time for the atmosphere of these six inches to get altered and shifted. Because I promise you, when you begin to grow in the knowledge of who you're talking to, prayer is the automatic release. Because He says, okay, you pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's called connecting to where He is and who He is. And from that place, we release that into the earth. We're not there yet. Let's look at this prayer in Ephesians 1, verses 16 through 19. I believe this is a very important prayer for us. We're going to talk about the knowledge of God tonight. I love this. Paul says, good, now that you're saved. Let's look at this in verse 15 of Ephesians 1. He goes, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints... I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Here it is, verse 17. Paul keeps praying this prayer. I hear a lot of people say, why do I need to keep praying the same prayer over and over again? That right there is why. Paul says, I keep praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say, the God of Jesus. And then he calls him by a specific name. He calls him the Father of glory. Everybody say, Father of glory. He says, the God of Jesus, what is that? The Father of glory would give to the church. Would give to those who have love for Jesus and who are in the kingdom. He prays that the Father of glory would give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And then he prays specifically for three things that the eyes, everybody say eyes. Eyes. Say it again. eyes. Eyes. Say it again. Say eyes. That the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your heart would be opened. And that you would know three things. That you would know what is the hope of His calling. That you would know what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance on the inside of you. And that you would know what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe. Now that's a fancy way to say what I'm about to tell you. Here is the prayer that I have summed that up into. It's this. God... Wake me up. God, wake me up. God, wake me up. Deliver me from a slumbering spirit. Deliver me from dullness. Deliver me from deafness and blindness. Deliver me from a religious spirit. And wake me up to who you are. Wake me up, God. Paul's praying for the Ephesians church and he's praying for the church of Omaha. And he says, good, the day you got saved, it's like stepping off a harbor into a boat. He goes, good, now that you're in the boat, most of us have summed up Christianity in. Now I'm in the boat. Now I'm in the social club. I go to church once a week. I pay my tithe. i be a good person. I'm in the club. And Paul says, no, no, no. You got to understand. You just stepped off the harbor into the boat, but the boat's still connected to the harbor. My prayer for you Is that Holy Spirit would cut the ropes of that boat and that you would begin to sail into the Pacific Ocean called the revelation of the knowledge of God. No, no. The revelation of the knowledge of God. He says that is what Christianity is about. Is about the search and the discovery of a man. The search and the discovery of God. That is the fascination of Christianity. We have turned it into 45 minutes and 20 bucks. We've turned it into 45 minutes and 20 bucks. And I love 45 minutes and 20 bucks. But he says, make no mistake about it. It's, you have been brought into a family. You have been born into an everlasting reality. And it is about fascination and awe and wonder with the most beautiful and glorious man that has or ever will be. His name is Jesus Christ. And you need a wake up call. You need a wake up call that you're in a paddle boat and he's the Pacific Ocean and you don't know anything. No, no, no. You don't know anything. You don't know anything. We don't know anything. We're at the beginning of the beginning of the beginning. You know what Job says in Job 26? He says, Genesis 1 is a whisper. He says, but the thunder of his power, who can understand? Which means this. If Genesis 1 is some of the greatest power we've seen, Job says, he's just whispering. We haven't seen anything yet. Paul in Ephesians three eight says, I want to preach the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. And Paul says, good, I'm praying for the church of Omaha to get delivered from what they think they know. To get delivered from religion and to get birthed into the spirit of revelation. I'll tell you, the spirit of revelation has you perpetually like this forever. (laughs) The spirit of revelation has you looking at the verse you thought you knew and realizing you don't know anything. The spirit of revelation will hit you and have you weeping, asking questions like, when did God begin? Have you asking questions about, what are you like who are you? I want to tell you it's time that we just chunk. Chunk all the all the, the wrong images that we have of God. Guys, I want to tell you it is time to get back. Prayer as well as every other reality in the Christian life comes down to one question. Who do you believe God to be? Who do you believe God to be? What is he like to you? How does he feel? What's his personality? What do you look like to him? And we need a breakthrough from our little box nice Jesus that fits in our middle western charismatic life. We need him to break it through all and we need to go on a search of the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. I want to get my mind blown. I want wonder restored to Christianity. I want fascination. I want my Netflix account to go down. And my Bible reading to go up. And I promise you it will go up. When fascination begins to touch your heart. He's the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say the God of Jesus. Now we know the Father, the Son and the Spirit were there. You you want to find something profound. At the very beginning of your Bible. It's a powerful thought. God's there. In the beginning, God, and you have to ask yourself from the beginning of your Bible, if God is there in the beginning, you're going to have to ask yourself a profound thought. How did he get there? And who brought him into existence? And if he was there in the beginning, when was his beginning? And it's at that moment that you jump off the pages of Genesis 1, and you go into what the Bible calls before the foundation of the world. Now we're dealing with stuff that's about to blow your minds. I don't even know what I'm talking about. It's like me talking to you about North Korea and telling you about streets and all kinds of things. There's one problem. I've never been there. Before the foundation of the world, where it was the Father and the Son and the Spirit, God enjoying God through God. Have you ever gone on a search of when He began? A million years before Genesis 1. A billion years. A trillion years. 900 trillion. And you go and you go and you go and you go until you run out of numbers. And when you hit the wall of, I don't have any more numbers to connect with before Genesis 1, you have to stop at that wall, look back to Genesis 1 and say to yourself, I'm actually closer to Genesis 1 right now than I am to the beginning. Because when talking about God, you are talking about someone who is uncreated. Someone who is without beginning. Someone who is alpha, who is first, who is without limitations, without beginning. There is no beginning. That just sits there and it blows our minds because everything that we know has a beginning and has an end. But when dealing with God, he doesn't have a beginning. He's the eternal God. Psalm 90 says, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Jesus in Revelation 1 says, I'm the alpha, I'm the first, I'm the beginning. He's the eternal God. Why is that powerful, Corey? Because you've got to settle it that if he is eternal, his love is an everlasting love. His mercy is an eternal mercy. His goodness is an everlasting goodness. His power is an everlasting power. His righteousness, his justice, his goodness, his patience, his tenderness. All that he is doesn't have a beginning. Which means this, no one gave him anything and no one can take it away. When eternity begins to get on the inside of you, you begin to understand there's no one that gave him anything. He is the everlasting father. He's the everlasting God. There is no limits. There's no limitations. I'm not talking to a middle class working dad. I'm talking to the everlasting God. We're not there. He's not only eternal. The Bible calls him transcendent, infinite. Everybody hold your hands up like this. Come on. You're going to go there with me. We're going to do this. Bible says he measures the heavens with the span of his hand. Isaiah is not doing poetry. He measures heavens with the span of his hand. Now do this. He measures all the waters in the palm of his hand. He weighs all the mountains and scales. The nations are but a drop in the bucket before him. And the inhabitants are like grasshoppers. He hangs the earth on Nothing. Who is like our God? Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? And this person is my father. This person is my father. He is rich in love, rich in power, rich in wisdom, rich. He's the infinite God. Have you ever read the book of Job? Tough season. How does God comfort a suffering man after thirty six chapters of his friends giving their best advice? God shows up in a tornado and he asks a hundred questions to a suffering man with the same answer: Were you there when I did Genesis one? Were you there when I hung the earth on nothing? No. Were you there when I told proud waves they can come this far and no more? No. Do you know how to exercise the might of your arm and to humble the proud? No. Why would God? And then God starts talking about hanging constellations and knowing all their names. Little bear, big bear, Orion and all her little cubs. And then he starts talking about, do you know the mating season of the deer? Do you feed little lion cubs in the middle of nowhere? Do you send lightning in the middle of the wilderness just because? Why is God going to ask a suffering man a hundred questions with the same answer ranging from everything of cosmos to the most minutest details of creation? Why is God going to give him this quiz on his deathbed? Because he's saying, Job... If I have Genesis 1 on my resume, I'm upholding constellations by the word of my power. And at the same time, taking care of little unknown, unnamed creatures that nobody knows about. And I'm upholding everything together at the same time. Then surely, I know how to take the crowning jewel of my creation. You. And bring you forth into the fullness of your destiny with perfect wisdom and perfect power. Which means this, shut up, I know what I'm doing. Whenever your mind gets to accusing God, hear this, shut up, I know what I'm doing. Who is like our God? There is no one like my God. There is no one like Him. We're talking about God and His transcendence and infinite. We could talk about the journey of Jesus. Oh my goodness. He's called the father of glory. Everybody say father of glory. Say it like you mean it. He's your dad. Say father of glory. Jesus calls him father in heaven. James calls him father of lights. Hebrews calls him father of spirits. He's Abba. Romans 8 says we cry out Abba. 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 He's Abba. My spirit belongs to him. He's my father. Hallelujah. He's the father of indescribable light and beauty and glory. He dwells in unapproachable light. Psalm 104 says that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. You got that one? Psalm 104 says he wraps himself with light. He wraps himself with light. I'm wearing clothes, Banana Republic shirt. I love the non-irons. I'm a big hate ironing guy. He clothes himself with light just to enclose his glory and his nature. He's the father of glory. First John says that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. You know what that means? There's not one hint of vindictive nature on the inside of him. Not one hint of manipulation. There's no darkness inside of him. He is light. Hallelujah. You know what it says about Jesus in the new Jerusalem? There'll be no need for the sun of the moon in the city. The lamb will be the light of the city. Now that sounds really cool. Do you understand how big that city is? It's from here to LA in width. Think about one man turning himself on. And one man lighting up the eternal city with his own self. When he says, I'm the light of the world, he ain't playing. Everybody say, Father of glory. Everybody say glory. Glory. Say it softer. Say glory. glory. I love that word glory. Here's a verse for you. John 17, 24. Jesus says, Father, I desire that those whom you've given me would behold my glory. Second Corinthians talks about that the light of the knowledge of the glory of God shining in the face of Jesus. Exodus thirty three, eighteen, Moses said, Show me your glory. His glory is who he is. It's what he's like. It's his very own radiant Son. Jesus is the glory. It says in Hebrews 1 that he is the brightness of the Father's glory. This five foot seven Jewish man containing the fullness of the Godhead bodily. God himself, creator God, walking the earth. We need to get our minds blown. We don't know nothing. And that's the beginning of Christianity. When you get your piggy bank bankrupted. And you get tapped into a Swiss bank account of trillions. Because the doorway into the spirit of revelation is the awareness of your poverty. Blessed are the poor in spirit. They get Swiss bank accounts open. He will never give rich more. Poverty accesses the riches. And poverty is called self awareness. Poverty is self awareness. Jesus. John 9, Jesus says, Because you say you see, your sin remains. He says, I just want you to be in touch that you don't see like you think you see. And I'll help you see. In Revelation three to the church of Laodicea, he says, I counsel you buy from me gold. I sell for your eyes. He goes, you keep saying you see Here's a problem. Your thoughts on reality and mine are two different things. Poverty is God. Give me your assessment of my reality. I don't want how I compare myself with the church down the road or the family down the road. I want your assessment of me. He's called the father of glory. Jesus. He wants to restore wonder to the church in Omaha. Turn with me to Revelation chapter four. Come on. You're like, I thought this was a prayer conference. It's all about prayer. Because I promise you, when you get a new view of God, your prayer life will change. He won't be relegated to 45 minutes. He's going to bleed into the other six days, 23 hours and 15 minutes of your week. He'll bleed into your commutes at work. He'll bleed into your Tuesday evenings. He'll bleed into your Wednesday mornings. He'll bleed into your grocery store runs. He'll bleed as you have one eye on heaven and one eye on a task. You're living in his presence all the time because he's the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your bedroom will be as holy as the prayer room. Your bathroom will be as holy as the bedroom and every other room. Every other room will be coming. I believe Revelation 4 is very important for us. When the disciples said, teach us to pray, Jesus says, well, you need to understand. Father's holy and he lives in heaven. And heaven isn't waiting for you just after you die. You get that? You have access to heaven now through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Crazy thing in John three, you can just look at it later. When Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, he says, He's starting to talk to him about all these spiritual things. Nicodemus' mind is blown. He goes, You're the teacher of Israel. You should get this stuff. He goes, I just want you to understand that though you see me now, the Son of Man's also in heaven right now. <laughs> just messing with him. Because I want you to know you're looking at the Son of Man, but the Son of Man's in heaven right now too. I want you to begin to understand that you have access to the throne room of God. Matter of fact, the Bible says that our citizenship is in heaven. That's not some little place. Our spirits are with Christ. We're hidden in Christ with God. And Colossians 3 says, if you've been raised with Christ. Everybody, who in here has been raised with Christ? Three of you. You know what? Paul says, he says, if it's true and your spirit has been raised with Christ, he goes, You take these six inches and you set them on things above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, and he who is your life, when he appears, you will also appear with him in glory. We don't look at things which are seen, for they're temporal. But we're a people connected to unseen things. We live with unseen things more real than what is seen, taste, touch, and heard, and felt. That is the great divorce from the spirit of this age. We have been delivered. Our spirits are there, our minds are there, and we pull the two down. And Revelation 4 is your insight into where you've been brought. Paul commands us to set our minds on things above. Seek those things which are above. He says, I want you to know you're like a palm tree. And there's a hurricane coming in. But I want you to set. I want you to seek. The world is screaming. Only how beautiful, how big, how successful. Your best life now. Everything's about now. Everything's about now. He says, I want you to connect to the eternal. I want you to declare to the world, it's a lie. There is more. Yes, God's going to bless us. He increases us. He prospers us. But we're not a people that are caught in the seduction of this age and its value system. We're a people whose value system is connected here. And our eyes are connected to the unseen. Are you with me tonight? Come on, run with me. We're going to have to have some corporate deliverance. <laughs> Revelation 4. The Apostle John. He's an old man who's been exiled to the island of Patmos. He has an encounter with Jesus in chapter 1. Gets seven letters for seven churches in 2 and 3. And then in chapter 4. Whoo, get your seatbelt on. This is what Jesus was thinking when He said, Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Because Jesus has been living here forever. Revelation 4, John says, and I saw a door standing open in heaven. Get a hold of this. Come on, get there with me. Revelation 4, verse 1. And I saw a door standing open in heaven. I declare over glad tidings. I declare over your life. And I declare over Omaha. There is a door standing open in heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a door of encounter. There's a door of revelation. There's a door of visitation. There's a door of encounter like you've never had. There is a place of coming out of religion into the spirit of revelation. There's a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet. And the voice said, come up here. And I prophesy that to your spirits. Come up here in 2017. Come out of religion. Come out of compromise. Come out of bondage. Come out of religion. Come out of covetousness. Come out and come up. Come up here. Cause God says, I want to show you things. Which means this, I want to blow your minds. I want to blow your minds. Immediately, John says, I was in the spirit. Whether in the body or out. Somebody was asking me that the other day. I don't know. Paul didn't know. He didn't know if he was physically there or his spirit was there. But he was there. First thing he sees is a throne set in heaven. I declare over the White House, over every other power base in these nations, there is a throne set in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is a throne set in heaven. In Daniel 7, he saw the Ancient of Days sitting on the throne. And the throne was on fire. It had wheels of fire. And there's a river of fire that went before the throne. A throne set in heaven. Well, John, who's on the throne? Who's on the throne? John says, "Okay, I'm going to do my best to describe what I see on the throne because I've never seen anything like this before. And the best I can do to describe what I'm seeing is using ancient stones to describe what I'm seeing. John's never seen anything like this. And the best thing he's going to use is bridges of normal language to get to it. And he says he's like a Jasper stone. Which in the ancient world was the bright diamond. But he's not just bright diamond. He's like a sardius stone in appearance. Which means he is the fiery red. The fire. He is seeing light and fire intermingling and consuming itself. The light speaks about what God looks like. God is beautiful. And the fire speaks about how God feels. Our God is a consuming fire. I'm here to declare it to you, but there's an emerald rainbow surrounding him. God relates with us through the lens of covenantal faithfulness and mercy. He's beautiful, he's burning, and he's tender. He's beautiful, he's burning, and he's tender. The very next verse, we see 24 thrones surrounding that throne. Guys, I'm here to tell you this isn't Disney World, what I'm reading to you. This is happening right now. I I want you to understand that. This feels foreign. I promise you the first time I heard it was in 1999. And he could as well have been talking Chinese, Mike Bickle. I didn't understand a word he said. But my spirit was stirred. And I'm like, this was his message, 15 doors into the beauty realm. And I'm like, God, I want to know the beauty realm. I want to touch beauty. I want to touch beauty. Don't you want to touch beauty? When you touch beauty, you don't get seduced by the beauty of this age. No, it's really good. Emerald rainbow surrounding him. 24 thrones and on them set elders. And these elders are robed in robes of white. They're sitting on thrones and they have crowns of gold on their heads. Do you know this is what you look like in the presence of God? Everybody listen to me. Just about five more minutes. Do you understand this is what you look like in the presence of God? Who in here has given your life to Jesus? Okay, I want to make something clear to you right now. That right now, in the presence of God, you are robed with robes of white. You are sitting on thrones. You are the aristocracy of heaven. And you are crowned with crowns of gold. Let me make it to you another way. You can't get any cleaner than you presently are. And you can't get any closer than you presently are. What's going to happen when the church of Omaha awakens to her identity? What's going to happen when you come out of your funk of your last week Of how bad you thought you did with your quiet times and you quit living on the roller coaster of how good or bad you're doing and you begin to get your eyes on Christ. When we get delivered from the greatest idol of all, you. And you begin to get lost in Christ. It's time for self-idolatry. It's time for you to get off the throne. This never was about you. It's about him and his glory. It's time for you to quit arguing with powerful blood that speaks a better word than that of Abel. It's time for you to quit arguing with God to keep you in second class citizenship status forever. You are robed in robes of white. You are sitting on thrones and you are crowned with crowns of gold. He's given you access to his very heart. Do you know it? Do you know it? He became sin for us that we would become what? The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus What's going to happen when the church wakes up? Verse 5, we'll come back to the church. Lightnings, thunderings, and voices. It's called the, the prophetic spirit. The voice of God. The thunders of God. His expressions, His voices, His power breaking out of the church again. When we know who we are. Lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire. Burning. Burning. Everybody say burning. Don't you love that John Thurlow song? Burning. Everything's burning. Eyes of fire burning. Seven lamps of fire burning. 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 Seven lamps of fire. They're the seven spirits of God. Huh. Now verse 6. Now we're about to get it up into fifth gear here. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal. Get your seatbelts on. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were 20. Look at this. And around the throne and in the midst of the throne were four living creatures. Come on, you got to look at this with your eyes. Everybody say, full of eyes. Full of eyes. Say it again, say, full of, full of eyes. In front and in back. So God now takes us, we've seen the sea of glass. Seven lamps of fire burning, lightnings, thunderings, voices, Jasper, Sardius, emerald, rainbow, 24 thrones. John seeing all of this, and he's probably twitching. <laughs> you know he's manifesting. Now we're about to go to Manifestville. Four living creatures. Full of odds. You're going to meet these dudes one of these days. One looks like an eagle. One like an ox. One has a face of a man. And one is like a lion. Four of them. And the Bible says, verse 8, And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, Holy, Holy. Holy, in the middle of the lightnings and the thunderings and the voices, in the middle of all the burnings, in the middle of the seven lamps, four living creatures full of eyes. And they're just looking, and they're looking, and they're looking, and they're looking. They've been in the same room with the same person singing the same word forever. They've been in the same room with the same person singing the same word forever. The same room. Same person looking at the same thing. Eyes getting blown. Revelation shooting out of him. Those eyes just getting short-circuited. And all they can say is, holy, holy, holy. Which in our language means, I've never seen him like this before. How can you say you've never seen him like this before? You've been in the same room with him forever. He says, great is the Lord and his greatness is unsearchable. Which means this, we will never exhaust His glory and His beauty and His power. We will never get used to Him. You will never get bored with Him. You will never get used to Him. You will have this look on your eyes forever. Forever! You will never get used to Him. And I feel like there's a lot of people in here that are used to Him. And I want to say something to everyone in here. I stand on trial too. God is not boring. You are. I'm sick of putting God on trial. Like he needs to wake up to the 21st century and wow us people. It's us on trial. It's us who have Netflix accounts to the moon. It's us that can sit in front of movies with exploding bladders and still hang on. Five minutes in the Bible, we start falling asleep. We're bored and we're boring. We're bored and we're boring. Why did God give them all them eyes to look at Him? Why don't they stop? Because He never stops breaking in with fresh discoveries. I want to get my mind. I want fascination to touch my spirit that I would not buy into the seduction of the American dream. I don't want to buy into the seduction of safety and a nice life with a nice picket fence. I'm not against any of those things. I got a nice house and nice things. It's not about that. It's, is your soul seduced by it? Psalm 17, David says, Other men have their portion in this life. But as for me, I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness, which means there's this longing inside of me for the resurrection. I'm longing for the resurrection. I'm longing for you, Jesus. You are the fulfillment of all desire. My beautiful wife isn't. My beautiful kids aren't. Great things He's given me isn't. Jesus is the fulfillment of all my desires. Oh, we need boredom to be broken. We need fascination to arise. We need revelation to touch our spirits. God, I want it. I want recovery of my own life. I want it in 2017. I can't live on the memory 16 years or 20 years. God, I got to get my mind blown. Because if the eyes are good, your whole body's good. It's all about the eyes. You know that, don't you? That's why Paul prayed that the eyes of your understanding would be opened. Christianity comes down to what are you looking at? That's why pornography is raping the church. What are you listening to? What are you looking at? Well, I'm looking at stock market all day. Some of that, that's your job. Others, it's your seduction. What are we looking at all day? Jesus says, if the eyes are good, then your body will be good. He says, the eyes are the window to the soul. And these creatures do not rest day or night. See, we believe God's going to establish day and night worship and prayer all over the earth. Why? Because they don't stop in heaven. And we want on earth as it is in heaven. Well, in heaven, they don't stop. I believe He wants to awaken something strong in Omaha. I feel it in my spirit all night. And I feel like he wants to release a virus, and it's the virus called the beautiful God. the beautiful God with the beautiful son. Do you know there is a beautiful man standing at his right hand, sitting at his right hand? His name is Jesus. He is beautiful. He is glorious. I want my eyes to see that man burning with eyes of fire. I want to touch his heart. I want to get lost in the unsearchable riches. I want him to deliver me from boredom. I want him to deliver me from compromise. I want him to deliver me from religion. I want him to awaken a fresh pursuit. Do you know why we get settled? It's because we think we've arrived. That's why people get complacent. They would never say this to anybody, but they. there's nothing more to learn. I got this. Revelation will keep you with this desperation your whole life because you realize you're at the beginning of the beginning of the beginning of the beginning. That's why Paul could say in Philippians three at the end of his life that I may know him. Paul, stop it. Quit being religious. You know him. He goes, apparently you have a small view of him. Because I'm in a paddle boat and he's the Pacific Ocean. I believe he wants to touch our eyes tonight. I believe he wants to touch us with the spirit of revelation. I believe he wants to knock off barriers off our spirits and release a groan and a cry for more. I heard Jeremiah 33, three tonight, call to me and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. There is a groan that he wants to release in your spirit that will awaken the things that you've never seen before. Amen? Let's stand. Dana and Ting, come up here. We're going to give our eyes to Jesus tonight. I have one purpose in a Friday night meeting. It's called repentance. Repentance may look like for some of you. A deep pain over areas of compromise in your life. But repentance is about God. I'm shifting the way that I think. And I'm going on a search and a life of repentance. You were made to see God. Your eyes were made to burn with that man's eyes of fire. I'm serious. The fire in his eyes was made to connect to the fire in your spirit. And you were made to burn. I want you to put your hands over your eyes. We're going to give it to Jesus tonight. Come on, come on team. Give our eyes to Jesus right now. And we're going to pray a prayer of repentance. Dana, just start. We're going to pray this prayer. I want you to repeat after me. This may not be. I want to tell you guys something right now. Whether it be sexual immorality. Whether it be religion. God wants to break off blindness. Some of us are going to be like blind Bartimaeus. Who cry out, son of David, I want to see. Have mercy on me. I want you to repeat after me right now. Just say, Father, say it again. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for opening my eyes and my spirit to every form of perversion and every form of religion. I ask you to forgive me. God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I ask right now for the blood of Jesus, the blood shed at Calvary to wash over me now from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I want my thoughts to be clean, my emotions to be clean, my desires to be clean, and my spirit to be clean. I receive your cleansing. I receive your washing. Wash me now, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I shut every door to darkness. I renounce every tie to darkness. I break agreement with darkness. And in the name of Jesus, I open up new doors. We're not going to get religious tonight. Yeah, keep it right there. Say, in the name of Jesus, I open up new doors. In 2017, I open up new doors. Doors of light. Doors of truth. Doors of encounter. Doors of revelation. In the name of Jesus. Satan, I command you. Leave my mind. Leave my emotions. Leave my desires. You're not my master. And I'm not your servant. Jesus is my master. And I'm Jesus' servant. So I command you to go. Leave my life. Leave my family. Leave my marriage. Leave my home. Now lift your hands all over the room. Say, Father of glory. Look right at Him. Say, Father of glory. Father of glory. Abba, Abba, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That man at your right hand, I want to see Him like I've never seen Him. I want to encounter Him like I've never encountered Him. Take me up through that open door. Encounter my spirit with the fire, with the glory, with the wind, with that river. Touch me now. Now let's just wait on it right now. Go up now. Come up through that open door. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now, open up, open up. Open up right now. Open up. open up. Open up, open up, open up. Open up, open up, open up. Hallelujah. Now, right now, all over the room, if you have your prayer language, I want you to begin to lightly pray in the spirit. Come on, a little bit louder. Come on, come on, pull on this we go up through that open door come on keep going john 17 jesus lifted his eyes to heaven come on push in Thank you, so God.
0: Open up, open up, open up a door in heaven. share ba, we lift up our eyes, God. Set ba, release the angels of God. Yeah, For
2: John 1:51. Angels ascend and descend.
0: you way too small in my eyes, God. Come and lift my vision higher. I've made you way too small in my eyes, God. Yeah. Break off dead religion even now. Break off boredom even now. Open up my eyes. Yeah. Open up my eyes.
2: Just lift your hands right now over the room. Look at him. Just bring the music down right now. Here we are, God, right now. Dana, keep playing. Father, Father of glory, right now, I declare a shift over everyone's lives right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you right now that the power of witchcraft is being broken in Jesus' name. That the spirit of sorcery and divination is being broken in Jesus' name. I declare that Jesus Christ is the door. And the door is open. I declare the heavens open over your life. John 151. Angels ascending and descending. Now let's sing this song. I want to ask right now. Yeah.
0: The heavens. there's as we look to.
2: Spirit right now. He's just brooding in here right now. He's waiting on you. You're going to step through. You're going to step through. Sometimes he'll start. he what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Who feels that deep stirring in your spirit? Who feels that deep stirring? There's an invitation. He's, there's an invitation. Right now all over the room, you feel like the Lord's calling you out of your comfort zone calling you to a new place of encounter and visitation you feel your spirit stirring you don't know how to put language on it some of you, you you've lived in secret sin or you've lived in compromise or just dullness or boredom and you feel the spirit of God inviting you into a new place Say, come up here 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 come up here
0: Uh-huh. It's your voice And it's your face It's a rising, it's a rising To heaven even now Fire. Fire, It says come up here
2: Come up, come, come up Come up
0: now For say eye is not seen Ear is not heard What I have prepared
2: I feel like the Lord's saying, come up here. But he's also saying to some of you, come up here to the altar. For you who are feeling called to come up here, come up here now. We're going to pray for you. Come up. Come up here right now. Lord's calling some of you out of your comfort zones. Call the way up to the altar. spirit right now. Let's all open up our hands. Come on up here. Fire, fire, fire. You don't need a man's hand laid on you. Fire, 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 fire. Freedom, deliverance, breakthrough. Come on, cry out to him. Jeremiah 33, three called to me. Come on, come on, come on. Lift your voice.
0: Yeah, mama.
2: Come on, call to me. Let's just wait a few more moments. Show me your glory, God. Show me your glory right now. Lord, it's breaking off discouragement right now. It's breaking off depression right now. Oppression right now. A spirit of heaviness releasing a garment of praise. Beauty for ashes, joy for mourning. Garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Just a few more moments. Wait on the Lord right now.
0: Jesus. Jesus.
2: Eyes on you in 2017 believe, say God we believe you will come, God. pour out your spirit like water on the dry ground Fire. And
0: still
2: believe our sons and daughters
0: here in this way
2: 2017 I want to look right at you Jesus (laughs) you know a dove cannot look to the left or the right only look straight forward give us dove's eyes in 2017 Jesus give us eye contact with you hallelujah open up the eyes of our hearts (laughs) we bless you Jesus you're so good. We just love you. Yeah, let's give Jesus a hand. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. You're so good. You're so kind to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Breathe it in. Hallelujah. Well, I bless you. You can continue. Maybe we put on a, a CD or something. We're just going to go ahead and soak in this and officially bringing this to a close. We'll be back together tomorrow night at 6:30. But just track with us. We're just going to keep building on this all weekend and just see what the Lord does. Thank you Jesus. We bless you. We honor you and we love you. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Bless you. Bless you. Bless you.